It's not getting it, getting it. Welcome everybody out there in podcast land. The Good Times with Good People Company proudly presents the Law Party Podcast, where it is always about good times, good people, and good talk. Good. Now that you've received your invitation, join us. Grab a cocktail, light a cigar, or whatever you like to smoke. Tell a friend, and welcome to the party. I'm your host and moderator, Rio, and let's introduce today's panel. We have got our returning champions, uh, Chris O'Connor, co-owner of Liquid 9 Broadcast Media. Uh, Dave Elliott, we like to call him Big Dave. He is the owner of C&P Construction. Uh, Brian Massey, he's a market analyst for True Media and our resident Brain Mass. And of course, Ben Roberts, he is the Pendergast Club's resident bartender extraordinaire. And uh, for those of you who listen to the podcast, that is where we record. By the way, Ben is who destroys our brain masses, so <laughs> yeah. just, just say it. Just say yeah, it. Really. Somebody's got to balance it out. Yeah, somebody's got to balance it out. <laughs> and uh, at some point, I do believe we will also be joined by the anonymous female. So, let's jump right in. We've got quite a bit uh, to chew on because there was quite a bit going on this week. Uh, and today's uh, episode 43, Executive Orders, and I've got a huge crap. So, on today's show, uh, first we're going to talk about uh, our RIPs. Uh, first, uh, Mary Tyler Moore, um, uh, rest in peace to her, uh, passed away at 80. Um, I think we mentioned it on the last podcast, but I wasn't sure, so I want to make sure no. that we formally mentioned. No, no, I don't uh, think she had passed away by now. Uh, not Mary Tyler Moore, uh, our next person. Um, your daughter. Uh, your daughter, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's talk about Mary Tyler Moore for one second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, she was a rather groundbreaking woman. Mm-hmm. She was really rather interesting because she was, she was kind of, uh, you know, cute and kind of Midwestern-style character in this. But she was an independent woman. Yes. Who yes. held her own against her boss at times, who also was a pretty stylish dresser. You looked at a lot of the episodes of Some Close She Had, she was kind of sexy. Uh, no, she was super hot. She was very hot. And, and, and yeah. she played that off in, in an interesting way, I thought. You know, sex was portrayed by women, their sexuality was portrayed by women differently in those days. Mm-hmm. And, and how they displayed themselves and different things. But I thought she was a very interesting woman. I thought she played a very interesting part there. And then, of course, going to Dick Van Dyke show. Well, I mean, if you think of it, New Order was actually reversed. It was more, that's why I think it's so fascinating. If you watch her on the Dick Van Dyke show, where right. she's a stay at home mom and pearls and yada yada, and made this weird uh, kind of the next evolution from Barbara Billingsley, who was the mom of right. the yeah, yeah, yeah. right, right. to. Ten years later, than Mary Tyler Moore show, show right. where she's this independent woman working, and yeah, you're right, standing up to Ed Asner and doing all that kind of stuff, and uh, was really probably um, fairly influential in, in an icon of the era. She's yeah, a producer she, too, you know. Yeah, so, absolutely, you know that fits that fits right into your genre. It is. I mean, that's where the money is. So yeah, yeah. that's you. If you're not producing, you're not doing anything. No, uh, that's true. Yeah. Well said. Yes, uh, produce your own content out there uh, in podcast land, except for podcasts. Just listen to this one. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Next, uh, Jordana Ventura. Um, 
So, um, during the Royals' last few years uh, uh, run, and of course, eventually winning the World Series, and um, you know, Yodana had uh, quite a bit to do with that. Um, he was quite a young pitching phenom. I don't even think he had really hit his stride yet, but he was uh, close. Yeah, he was. Uh, he was Pretty amazing on the mound, and uh, of course, tragically, lost his life uh, uh, car accident in the in the Dominican uh, at the tender age of 25. Yeah, that's tough. And, and of course, the city um, uh, being Kansas City, where we are taping the show, um, has definitely been going through its uh, emotions on it. Um, we just had. Um, like literally immediately after he passed, that was just a spontaneous outpouring of gifts and some of them actually pretty ex- expensive memorabilia left at uh, at Kauffman Stadium mm-hmm. and uh, we just had uh, It's in my garage now by the way. Uh, okay, alright. I don't live far from there. So <laughs> <laughs> you should sneak in about 3 o'clock. There you go, 3 o'clock in the morning. There you go. Well, by the way, podcast land. Wear your seatbelts. Yes. Wear your your seatbelts. It will save your life when you do something stupid. It's you're 25. It's so hard not to do something stupid. And I think the saddest thing was, uh, I think given two more years, he would have been. Oh yeah. Really hitting his stride at that point. He was so emotional, so volatile, and uh, you could always say top five pitchers. I absolutely. I think he definitely. had all that power if he didn't blow his arm. I mean, because he was always overthrowing, but he was always the first dude to plunk another guy when you know they. Oh, yeah. He was old school that way. He really was. He was. I loved it. He was. That's the way baseball's supposed to be played. You know, this ain't no sissy sport. I agree. And you know, it's kind of like hockey. Every once in a while, you got to duke it. You know, every once in a while, you got to plunk it. He's the teammate you want. Yeah, like he was that guy. Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't care if you. Put a dude on base, just hit him in the ribs as hard as you can. I mean, that dude could throw it a hundred miles. <laughs> exactly. <in that>. Exactly. <laughs> and, exactly. Oh my god, he was crazy. Yeah. So I don't know. It's just sad to see him go. That's way, way, way too early for a guy like that. Yeah. And then on the same day, there was another pitcher in the Dominican Republic within thirty minutes who also got killed. Ah, uh, what was his name? Mendes. Yeah, 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 I think he was. Was he? Was he eight or ten years older? Uh, he's definitely not. I can't, I can't remember what the yeah, age gap was, yeah. but they have some of the worst roads in the in in, in, in the world. Yep. Yeah, and yeah. it's mountainous and it's curvy. Curvy. And they don't yeah. have guardrails and yeah. You know, I know Chris has been in third world countries, and I have too. <laughs> We've been on these roads, Haven't usually been. driven by people <laughs> that we probably maybe should not let driven. <laughs> when yeah. you're sitting next to a live chicken, you know that this is probably this a bad is probably place a to bad. Be. Idea. <laughs> <laughs> Paying attention to what's going on in the rear view mirror instead of watching the damn less of guardrail. <laughs> it could create a problem here. Yeah, yeah, I'm just saying. Yeah, really. Uh, and last on our list, uh, I think only uh, I and maybe uh, one other, maybe two other people on this uh, panel will recognize what I'm about to say. World star. Mm-hmm. Uh, the uh, founder uh, of World Star, um, Lee uh, Lee Odette, uh, he uh, passed away at forty three of uh, 
of uh, heart complications. Mm. Yeah, no, it's crazy. I'm going to say, like, World Star Hip Hop, the, the website was raking in money. Oh yeah. Does it? Does it? Do you think that's cocaine? Um, it, it's very possible. Um, I hear them die at that age, and then, yeah. and then their their genre and yeah, what I, their life is. You I, kinda, I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be. Where cocaine or something like that comes into play a lot. You know, I, whenever whenever it's uh, an African American who dies of heart stuff, it, it, the proportions of it are so much higher. You know, yeah. it's just in, based on percentages of the population. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not that's not normally one that pops into my head. You know, there's so much, and as you would know, like so much congestive heart failure, like mm-hmm. the life expectancy is shorter, and heart problems always, yeah. always seem to be disproportionately it, 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 it definitely say it always. It, it always gives me pause when, uh, like anybody in their thirties and forties, especially in the African American community, the early thirties and forties are passing away. It's, I don't necessarily always think that it's uh, a drug involved, but you know, I wouldn't necessarily put it past uh, anybody involved with World Star. I mean, if you've uh, yeah, I mean, I come on, man, yeah, just get real. No, no, I get real. When I have money. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, when I would I put it in the honey. If if, if it the were cocaine, a different the website, was in the pocket. If it was a different website, I would say absolutely not, or absolutely so. But I wouldn't be surprised at all if somebody said, "Yeah, they found out later that it was sure. something like that." Because World Star, as a general rule, and the reason why uh, it was recognized it's by at least one person at the table is because uh, people tended to do ridiculously dumb stuff. And film it, uh, and uh, and scream world star because they knew that's where they were going to post this shit, and it was, was going to get clicks. Uh, so if you just ran up and just punched a random some bitch in the face, and just, world star, then it was probably going to get posted on world star. Probably going to get a ton of clicks. So it's kind of like the redneck thing of uh, here, hold my beer and watch this shit. It's. Uh, Somewhat similar to that, except more punkier. Um, to yeah, yeah. Well, mixed in with mixed in with music videos and uh, it, it had real content. Yeah, it had real well, content, but they, but, they, but, they, you know, but they definitely the would post thing. stuff it, other sites just wouldn't yeah. post too. I mean, it was yeah. the hip hop equivalent of yelling out "Baba Bowie" all the time. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. You know yeah. that's getting picked up constantly. Yeah, it's getting picked up constantly, and that's what it was, and and. Uh, to uh, all three of those, and anybody else uh, that has passed, uh, rest in peace. If we, uh, we did, uh, was... John Hurt. Yes. Yeah. 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 I will ring you up. Thank you. Yeah. I've forgotten about. I say, do you know anybody know how old he was? He's yeah. seven. Mm-hmm. Played played the elephant man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Probably his best role. Is that one? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Could, could you imagine having to put that makeup on every day? And yeah, deal with that, with and then un- un- understand the nuances yeah. of the man himself. That you know how he had to deal with it, and was a freak show thing. Well, and David Lynch is such a freak director to begin with. Like that would be hard on its own. Like there's nothing about that that would be easy. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but yeah, yeah. Stephen Merrick. That was the guys uh, the Elephant Man's real name. So did a great job. Did a that phenomenal show. job. That was yeah. a difficult movie to watch, but it was uh, very poignant in a lot of ways. Yeah, it was a it was a brutal viewing. Brutal, and it was masterful filmmaking. Yes, it was. And you know something about that. And I I do enjoy 
the art of the filmmaking that David Lynch I does. Do it. I just sometimes I, I'm just like you're just being weird now. I can weird. watch a movie that <laughs> is, sometimes is, isn't always the best movie plot wise, but if the film is well made, mm -hmm. it makes it a lot more enjoyable to get through. Sure. Where if it's not if it's doesn't have a great plot and it's not well made, yeah, it's kind of like I'm out of here. Yeah. Yeah. Nope. I mean, it's an art form. There's a craft to it, so. Yeah. And uh, David Lynch certainly falls on the art side of that. And yeah. you're right, I think John Hurt did a phenomenal job. There was one more. Go ahead. It was the father of Pac Man. Oh, yeah! Ooh, I forgot yes. about that. Well, yes, 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 yes. I forgot about that, yeah. What a legend. Yeah. Oh, my God, I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, I said, yeah. What was his name? Uh, Messiah. Nakamura? No, yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, you did a much better I've job of the pronunciation. Than the <laughs> <laughs> I've heard it like three or four different times through the through the news. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. different ways. Right, 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 Through the news of how people pronounced it, but so yeah. what, what was his? I mean, yeah, obviously so, besides in vain, that did he get screwed out of the money? Did I mean like? Well, I think he owned the company that. So I, I don't think he was that wasn't Atari that did it. That no, that was uh, was that Capcom or yeah, um, Red Dead Pac Man. Yeah, I think it was Capcom. Uh, yeah, really. Yeah. I think he owned or was like a co-owner. Because by the time Capcom. it actually hit the Atari video game console, yeah. it was a piece of crap. Yeah, but the actual video, the actual stand-up video, was awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And this Pac-Man, all mm -hmm. that man, that was good stuff. Absolutely. They said it was the most played game, like by far. By far. By yeah. <coughs> as a billions kid, of times. Oh my god, as a phenom. You still go to Updown. Like, yeah, I just been to say, yeah. I mean, super popular. Any, any place that still has an uh, arcade. Namco. 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 Hey. That's right. Hey. Yeah, that's, that's but that he did have the company, he didn't get like jacked out of the money or anything. He was able to hold on to it. He made it all the way through. He died good. pretty rich. This is Pac Man Junior Pac Man. Yep. Pac Man Fever. Pagnet Fever. Right? Then they had the Saturday night. Is that like Saturday night, night Fever? <laughs> <laughs> they had a Saturday morning cartoon show. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. With the Pac Man family. The family, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It got a little ridiculous. Yeah. With the licensing fees alone. I, mean, I don't know. My God, it's <laughs> iconic. Yeesh. Wow. God, I didn't even know that. Yeah, amazing. yeah. I, forget, I heard it. Yeah, I heard that. did hear that yesterday. Well, good for him because way too often you see these guys who do something like that and just get absolutely robbed. Yeah, no, mm -hmm. uh, of all the money, and so, you know, good for him. Yeah, yeah. All right, so we're going to jump right in <laughs> with executive orders. Oh, damn, oh. that would be fun. So, um, <laughs> so, everybody's got a handout of uh, all of the executive orders um, that I could find um, that Trump has put into place um, as of right now. So I figure let's just start from the top of the list and uh, and get comments as we go down. <laughs> it's probably... I would just say as a general rule looking yeah. at the list overall. Yes. They are all basically borderline illegal and will be turned over. This is an abuse of what the executive order is meant to even be. And most of these are not even worth the tree that they killed to write them on, <laughs> which makes me very sad for the tree. Yeah, uh, yeah I, 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 I kept looking at the list, and I kept thinking to myself, so basically, as president, you can go in and you can write an executive order for just about anything. 
But will Congress pay for any of it? And uh, and and that's and will they be overturned by the court? You know, well, it, they will be. I mean, Obama had more executive orders overturned than any other president in history. Over fifty percent. Trump will absolutely have the vast majority is overturned because they're just stupid and unconstitutional. <laughs> and beyond that, he has no ability to pass. The president cannot pass a law. That is the way the Constitution is very specific about this. The the laws all start in Congress and then they get signed yes or no You're by right, the president, president and that's it. And so this is just a scam to try to pass laws that you want to do, but you don't even actually have the legal authority to do it. I mean, it's just a bunch of nonsense. Yeah, so, yeah. I will, I will, I will. Before we get into the next section, which is actually some of the blowback from some of these things, let's let's go down the list. Sounds good. So, uh, first, day right. one. Do you want to do this one by one, or do you want to talk about each one, or do you just want to read the list? Um, let, let me read the list. Okay. And then we'll go back and, uh, and comment on whichever ones people have specific comments about. Cool. So, day one. A memorandum for the heads of executive departments and agencies. In order to halt any new federal regulations until they can be reviewed by the new administration. Um, actually rolling back regulations the Obama administration put in place uh, will take time uh, and uh, a bureaucratic and it will be a bureaucratic process. Um, That's a nightmare. Um, uh, this is a near exact replica of executive orders that uh, the past two presidents um, had their chiefs of staff issue at the beginning of their administrations. Um, and it didn't work for either of them. Either. <laughs> so. Always good to follow the failed policy. Yeah. Um, so, uh, day three, uh, regarding the Mexico City policy, uh, reinstating a policy that, among other things, restricts U.S. funding uh, to NGOs that, that provide abortions. Why that? In particular, is uh, in the Mexico City policy. I'm not quite sure. That's been going on for 30 years, so. Yeah, but, um, yeah. Uh, regard, uh, uh, also on day three, um, regarding withdrawal of the United States from the Trans-Pacific Partnership uh, Negotiations and Agreement, uh, withdrawals, uh, which, which withdraws the U.S., from, a, from the massive trade deal uh, that was negotiated uh, under the Obama administration. Uh, and has, uh, as we know, not yet been ratified by Congress. Uh, also on day three. So day three was a busy day. Um, regarding uh, the hiring freeze. Uh, Institutes a freeze on the hiring of new federal workers except the military. Um, it contains a wide... It contains wide exceptions for jobs necessary uh, to meet national security or public safety responsibilities, Mm -hmm. which is a very broad definition. It also um, exempts military hiring, which accounts for a third of federal jobs. I love that a busy day is three executive orders. Yeah. (laughs) There you go. You're really working hard. Yeah. (laughs) Day four, uh, construction of American pipelines. Uh, says that new pipelines should be using uh, U.S. produced materials. Uh, regarding construction of the Keystone Pipeline, uh, kickstarts a pipeline that the Obama administration had uh, squashed construction on. 
um, regarding construction of the Dakota Access Pipeline uh, prioritizes a uh, controversial pipeline that was a subject of uh, many protests in North Dakota. Um, and, and also on day four, so day four was busier than day three. Uh, streamlining, permitting, and reducing regulatory burdens for domestic manufacturing. Uh, requests a plan to make the uh, permitting process easier for U.S. manufacturers. Um, then we skip to day nine. Uh, organization of the National Social, the National Security Council and the Homeland Security Council uh, elevates the president's chief strategist, uh, Steve O'Bannon, to full membership of the National Security Council and downgrades the roles of the Director of National Intelligence and the Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff who uh, shall attend where issues pertaining to their responsibilities and expertise are to be discussed. And last but not least, uh, on day nine, uh, the plan to defeat the Islamic State of Iraq and Syria. And as you see... There's no verbiage with it because that's about as vague as that there was. was. <laughs> so, where do we want to jump in? Any day, any order. It doesn't matter. I, I, I want to pick on something from day four right off the bat. Okay. The pipelines. Okay. As you know, I was in the fields for a long time. I understand the industry fairly well. I would challenge anybody in podcast land to go Google up and see how many pipelines are in the United States. Yeah. You will see lines crisscrossing all over the place. We have pipelines all over the United States. Sure. This is the safest way to transport fuels, crude, gas, anything you're thinking of. It's the safest way to do it. There are accidents. But they're few compared to what hauling on the rail or hauling by truck. There's a lot less chance to have an accident without vandalism through pipelines than it is in any other way. We, we can be energy dependent with oil right now. That's a fact. Agreed, but that's not right. the problem. That's not the problem and, with the executive order. Well, we also can export and have a gross domestic product with oil right now. We are the world's largest oil producer at the moment. Bingo. So, and that's not the problem. That's but not no, what anybody but, disagrees with. I, hang on. So, my point being is this: the main problem with the pipelines, with folks, in my opinion, is basically. The environmentalists don't want it because it's still producing a fossil fuel. We've had a lot of problems with natural gas, which we should be running our whole trucking fleet on, because they even consider natural gas with its much lower emissions sure. a fossil fuel. That doesn't mean we shouldn't be utilizing that fuel. I have no problem going to any type of green energy or renewable energy at all. And insulating our houses and building, I'm all about that 100% green build, all this stuff, as long as it's sane and not off the chart stupid and costly, it has to be done in the same manner. 
But until that infrastructure is <coughs> in place and is there and ready to go, we still have to use our main resource. And that's what these pipelines bring to us. Okay, so I think there's two problems that uh, are not addressed in this that are the main culprits of this executive order, which really piss me off. One, uh, you don't have the... The president has no authority to even do this. This is a massive overreach. This is I'll literally... Say that. <laughs> it, I mean, it's not legal to do this. But, and then beyond that, and while I agree with you about the pipelines, the fact that they're opening up national parks to run pipelines through protected lands and things like that and reducing the restrictions on where you can place them and things on those lines, that's a massive problem to me. I don't want to go to the Grand Canyon with freaking pipelines running through it or Yellowstone or any of those places. Why do you think if we can get one from runway to, run to the second. other? you got to crawl across this is the it. line. This is a massive country and we have a lot of land. And I, I'm saying, I, I don't look, think why see that. I want to preserve very much the little bit of land that we have left that we have taken great pains. And I'm a huge Theodore Roosevelt fan who started this program of uh, putting aside public lands that should not be jacked with for any reason under the sun. And I don't care, like Reagan tried this in the 80s under James Watt when he was Secretary of the Interior. They literally tried to start drilling in the Grand Canyon. I'm like, are you a freaking idiot? You know you're gonna take one of the most beautiful spots that took millions of years to be created and now start drilling for oil in there? You gotta be stupid. I, I just think it is, I, while I agree with you on pipelines, and I do agree that it is the safest way to transport uh, crude oil, which we still need, you're absolutely right on that. It's just the way that it's being done that really bothers me. Okay. Now, you do agree that the government probably owns way too much land out, out in our western No, I think that's States. some of the most gorgeous land in the world and it should be preserved. It mm-hmm. needs to be protected. You we think that many acres, that much percentage of the land needs to be owned by the government? How much of the, of the country do you think is actually protected? I'm talking once you get west of the Rockies. No, I understand. I'm just saying there's, on a percentage basis, the United States government doesn't protect that much land. It's it's, it's actually on a percentage basis. It's not that much. I'm all about to protect the lands, but... I I am absolutely a fan of protecting this environment, protecting the few spots we have left that are incredibly naturally beautiful, that we should not screw them up. Um, And beyond that... He doesn't have the money to fund this. Like he, he's, he's passing a stupid piece of paper that I could just write it down if I wanted to, too. That doesn't make a law. You know, it's just nonsense. And he has no ability to enforce this. It's just a stupid, stupid waste of a piece of paper. And, and while I agree with a lot of the arguments, I do not want to see natural lands getting jacked up. And me, people make the argument all the time, like you just did, well, I mean, sure, there's some accidents here and there, blah, 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 blah. It's, it's, there's less doing this and that. Well, great. This is why we protect lands. So if there is an accident, it doesn't screw up Yellowstone. and doesn't screw up the Grand Canyon. It doesn't don't misunderstand me too much. You know how much of an outdoorsman I am. I, I mean, I'm a huge advocate. Like, listen, I don't like pollution at all. Like, so my biggest thing is I don't, I don't know if global warming is real, not real. I have no idea. I'm not a scientist. And I think it's been studied way too short. In the 1960s, it was global freezing. Now it's global warming. I don't know. What I do know is I hate pollution. And I hate seeing accidents happen that uh, destroy wildlife. And I don't want any risk at all, period, of that happening in protected lands. But, but, it's, but it's also difficult. 
not to have the society and the mechanized society that we have and the manufacturing society that we have and not have some pollution afforded with it. I still think that I still think that as we head further down the road, there will be people that come up with the Teslas that work and these type of things. You're going to see more and more of it. We will eventually transfer away from the fossil fuels. But why aren't we devoting but, but resources to 30, 40 years from now, but I'd really like it to be done in the private it's, sector because it, those are bright minds. It's already being done in the private sector. It could use some funding. So if, if the government has to spend money on anything, why not encourage and spend the funding on that? Because everybody knows that's the future, and we are already under Obama with all the restrictions and everything. We are still right now the world's greatest energy producer, period. So exactly. why not leave those in place, but nobody's, nobody's hurting right now. In fact, for forever, for the under Obama's administration, the world's wealthiest zip code was in North Dakota. You know, it was ridiculous. So that was the most expensive place to live. Well, so, all I gotta say is I worked up there, oh yeah. my God, that place is a goblin. Let me say, I'm gonna back off North Dakota. North Dakota, if you ever spend any time up there, it has a lot of beauty. All right, it's a big open prairie, it's full of potholes, full of ducks, full of geese. Uh, you go up there and see that, that conservation areas that been done by ducks, ducks unlimited in particular. Sure. And the areas where they kept the farmers from plowing over these areas and filling them in. Yep. They're stunning. Absolutely. The, the, the cedar water fowl flying around them. See it. But at the same time, I don't know, you, you still have to find your areas to produce energy. And you gotta sit. It has to be balanced. It's about balance. You know where the world's uh, wealthiest oil deposit actually is? Is in Western Kansas. So they really wanted to start. Going, There's nothing in Western Kansas. It's a shovel. Take just find the ways to get the oil out of there. You don't need to be running pipelines through natural parks. And I'm sorry, I did not mean to cut you off. Right? I know you didn't want to say something. No, I agree. You don't need. To, I don't want to run a pipeline through a national park. But that's what the executive order allows. So. I, just, I think it's a, yeah. I think that companies should absolutely, and the government should be putting money into research like that. But it's really expensive. So I get that side. It's like re, it's very very expensive, and the, the only ones doing it are ones that are saying you know we want to take this risk because it is the future. Mm -hmm. Where you know if they're looking at it from a business perspective, they can say, well, this might be a good benefit. We might be able to get it here in 20 or 30 years. That's a huge risk for a company to take. Or if they turn around and they say, hey, there's this pipeline we can do, and, they, and, and it's going to be a return on investment in the next 10 years or 5 years. And that's more of a guarantee than this other side. So they're going to go with this. So until there are more restrictions or things that are for certain not allowed, there's no incentive to actually shoot big for this research for would, a lot of companies. I would ask Elon Musk if he would agree with that, and I think he would say no. I would ask General Motors if they agree with that. I would ask uh, whoever the hell makes the Prius if they would agree with that. What I do feel like is, uh, and I'll give you an histor historical example about this, the Federal Highway uh, Bill changed this country under Eisenhower. It changed it 1,000% because they invested in infrastructure and made it happen. So if you want uh, clean energy and uh cars that run with no pollution and things along those lines, at some point you need a sweeping bill like the Federal Highway Bill that uh, actually encourages the infrastructure to be there. 
you know, and allows for it. And I don't care whether that's through tax breaks or through federal funding or whatever the case may be. The federal government does have a role. And I'm a huge private sector guy, as you know. I do not like government involvement in anything. But at some point, this is what the government does. It allows for interstate commerce. And part of that, to me, is understanding what the future of interstate commerce will look like. And that is going to be renewable, clean energy and cars that you know, don't uh, emit pollutions and things along those lines. And I would love to see them be more active in, uh, in getting us there. No, I'm all about it as long as they keep it limited. Now, you know, I like bean dishes, and if they eliminate bean dishes because it produces gas, sure. I'm, I'm going to have a real issue with this, and that's just going too far. <laughs> and let's be fair. Do you know what the world's biggest uh, source of pollution is? It's Cows! Cow. Red meat. Yeah. It's cow shit. It's just that is what kills the environment more than anything is methane gas from cows. As so we, we should, be, we should eat majestic. more steak. <laughs> eat steak. It's good for you. <laughs> See, the bacons are, they're, they're causing problems because they're not eating steaks. This is me. I don't eat meat. You know I don't. So we, <laughs> have, we have to work on the vegans here. They need to add their responsibility to the environment. <laughs> I, I do like my lentil salad. Uh, <laughs> my tirade's over. Lentil salad. I don't think, actually, I don't think we're that far apart on it. I just really want to make sure that the protected I, stay protected. I, I don't disagree with you. Like I said, I've, I've hiked the Appalachian Trail all the way from Connecticut all the way up to Mount Katahdin and I've seen the beauty of God's world in so many different ways and in so many different places traveling all over the world as you have. Sure. And when you see these things and you also when you get, especially when you go places that are truly still pristine mm-hmm. and truly wilderness and it just takes your breath away at times. But don't you feel like they're becoming fewer and fewer? Like, that's what makes me nervous. You know, in the name of progress, that we are losing nature and it's becoming fewer and fewer places that get the protection that has been for millions of years. It You can't undo it once you screw it up. You know, there's no way to, to turn well, the clock back and undo some of these things. And I would rather err on the side of caution and say, listen, why don't we, why don't we make sure we're doing something right and safe with no possibility of harm than say, well, let's just do this because it's easier and cheaper and there's a minimal risk. I have a little argument on that, though. You look at the Clean Air and Water Act of the early 1970s. Mm-hmm. And that worked. Yeah. That was one of the best uh, ecological acts that was ever done and it produced well. I mean, they cleaned up so many rivers. You know, the Merrimack River out in New Hampshire was just a cesspool. Well, take now Pittsburgh. we got salmon running up it again. My God, you would die if you got yeah. in the rivers of Pittsburgh. You know, among others, among others. You know, the Kyoga in Cleveland caught on oh, fire and all yeah. that stuff. So you look at all these things, and it's, it is amazing what a good act of government sure. can do. Agreed. And, and it gets back to some of these already good acts of government. Uh, yeah, this is, uh, sorry, I know we spent right. a lot of time on this one. It's a, it's a big one. This yeah, is a yeah it is a big one. Uh, any other uh, any other uh, executive orders that uh... I really despise the ones where they uh, prevent funds from going to places that provide abortion services because as anybody who knows the situation on these things will tell you uh, it does two things one it prevents women from getting health care that they rightfully deserve um, and very and, and not just. Uh, and not just abortions, exactly. But, but most point. of the most of the clinics that actually do abortions provide 
uh, health care across the gamut for women. Very little of it's and, abortion already. And, but if you cut fundings to these places because they offer abortions, now these women can't get their basic health care. And uh, like Texas, what is it, like two places in the yep. state now? Like, I think Kansas is down to one. Uh, and there are some states with none, and they just are passing them by just ridiculous restrictions like this. Yeah. And they they estimate less than five percent of what Planned Parenthood does is is advice on abortion or not, or providing those services. Ninety five percent of it is poor people going in to get basic health care, and to cut off that money. And there's already a rule in place. That says federal money can't go for abortions. Yeah, it's because you have to. Because if that's a service you need, uh, you actually have to pay for that. Right. Mm-hmm. It's, it's everything else that. that women can get for free that well, well, is in so jeopardy. So that's already in place. Yes. Then it's only making it work. Like it's only harming. So and now, yeah. now yeah. what happens every time they do this is that you see, and Cheryl Sandberg from Facebook, if you ever uh, have read anything that she's ever done, and she's got a lot of great stuff, she has a a whole group called I think it's Lean In, Lean in yeah. that uh, encourages women to get into the tech field and you know all this kind of stuff she did a huge article the other day where every country and every time they've ever tried this and enacted this policy to provide to with, withhold funds from places that provide abortions saw a massive increase in illegal abortions and all kinds of women dying because of it and that's I agree wrong. with you on that and I and I and I, I take a little bit more moderate view of things on this I have, unless there's a health issue, that she really should do this in the first six weeks. I have a real problem when it gets into late terms. You know, I even talked to my sister about it. I've been trying to get a lot of women's opinions on different things. Yeah. I'm not a woman, very obviously. <laughs> and... So I've been trying to ask a lot of women what their thought was, and women that I know are more conservative, and women that I know more liberal. So I think the true consensus on this ought to be, okay, you made a mistake, you got pregnant, or you were raped, or you had incest, or something like that. This is less than one. I have trouble understanding why you can't make the decision in the first six weeks in that situation. Rape and incest is less than 1% of, of the abortions yes, in the United it's very, States. Very small. So when people throw that out as an argument against, uh, you know, for or against abortion, I was like, listen, uh, I, I why don't we deal with the 99%? Yeah, I, don't, I don't get that either, because like I said, it's not a big deal, but I think, I think, a lot of women I think you have to put know. some responsibility on the woman to say, okay, I'm, I'm pregnant, I don't want to have this child, and I know it's an emotional decision. But you really, really, really need to think about doing this quickly. I you think a lot to... of women, they, uh, you know, it, depending upon if their cycles are pretty regular, right? That's the um, It may be, oh, wait a minute, like, like it hits them maybe in six weeks. I was gonna say six to eight that, weeks. That oh shoot, I haven't, I haven't had my cycle. And then you go you get checked out. You still got your first term. Of well, yeah. Well, now, yeah, your first trimester. How do you want to pit it? But as soon as you know, I guess. Well, yeah. Maybe I mean, I'm not saying myself as well as I should. No, but I'm not. A, I, I understand where you're going, and I'm not a fan of uh, of late term uh, uh, at all. 
But uh, but first trimester, I think most women um, within their first trimester know that they are and whether or not this is something that they can they can or can't do. Sure. And uh, and then they they do it then. The the percentage of late uh, tri- late trimester abortions is is actually yeah. pretty small. Most states prevent it. In fact, Kansas is one of the only ones that allowed it. Mm. Uh, and there's a clinic in Wichita where there's a doctor named Dr. Tiller who was uh, shot to death in his church wow. for performing late-term abortions. Yep. Um, yeah, in fact, there used to be marches down there all the time. They'd block the streets and pro-lifers. And, and I know a bunch of family members who are massive pro-lifers because they're very, very Catholic. Uh, but actually... It was one of the only places in the country you could go for a third-term abortion without a reason. Now, the, most laws in most states say uh, you can only get a, an abortion in the third trimester when you have a legitimate, when your life is at risk or there's a legitimate medical need. So I say, as we have uh, been uh, sitting here uh, discussing uh, women's issues, and Chris has been so eloquently uh, defending them, uh, we have uh, finally been joined by the anonymous female. Hello, anonymous female. Hi. Um, Did you so, have a long day? It was a long day. Well, Are we, you okay? Yeah. Good. We were going down the list of uh, executive orders and uh, and giving our thoughts and or objections to uh, why they were even written in the first freaking place. Okay. So, I'm not, I'm not against federal... I, I, I think federal... Former federal funding for abortion is... Pretty ridiculous. Well, I, I don't, there I don't, isn't I, any funding for abortion. It's for it's for places some places who offer that service right. that people pay for. But there's a wide array of basic health care that women absolutely need, and the ramifications to society for limiting those is just drastic in my opinion. Period. But but the one thing that I that I have to say about it is that it should never to a woman be a form of birth control saying that every time I get pregnant I can go in. Yeah, and I don't think and I mean I think it's I don't very think that's a large percentage of the women. No, 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 no. But there no. are women that do this. Yeah, but I the baby out with the bathwater. <laughs> I'm not saying I didn't say I was against and say I was against yeah. I, I think pulling the funding is wrong. Yeah. Because I think I think you are throwing the baby out of the bathwater there. But what I'm trying to say is that there should be, and I'm sure there is, and I don't know, strong educational opportunities to talk to these women and say, hey, this is not the way you want to have birth control. But well, the, and, but this is the thing that's crazy. Be counseling. Well, I think that that's the crazy thing. The places that offer the abortions actually do a massive amount of counseling. I think that's the most important thing. And, uh, uh, and I think, I, I, I'm not completely sure, but I think Planned Parenthood actually will refer to the Catholic Charities yep. um, when they don't want to get an abortion. You know, they do everything they can to try yeah. to talk I, you out I, I have no doubt that they do. Yeah. I, 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 think, I think this is something put out by the evangelicals, and I, 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 I was telling Rio that I've really asked a lot of different women's opinions of this in the last couple of weeks along the scale and tried to gain a greater understanding of it for myself. Yeah. 
and that's important that we turn around and go talk to people to try to understand the situation a little bit better because it's a it's a measure of extremes usually well you can ask 10 different women and get 10 different answers yes you can you know and i mean we've talked about that you know for myself i can't imagine a situation where i would ever (coughs) have an abortion i truly cannot but I've never been put into hmm? certain positions to have to think about it. I only have one example that I know of in friends or family, and that happened to be my best friend's son, and his girlfriend got pregnant, and, and they were looking at abortion right off the bat. And they turned around and thought about it, and decided to go to term, and have this beautiful baby boy, Carter, yeah. who's just like a... Like almost like a grandson to me, you know, and I'm so happy that they made that decision. Mm-hmm. But it was a difficult decision because they're they didn't have anything. They're poor. They're living in <coughs> Lynn's basement, you know, Chris's mother's basement, and they really had to go and realize they had a long road to hoe. And and and, the, and, the, and yeah. they, but the cool thing is about it. But they by that doing choice. that, they both risen themselves up mm-hmm. and 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 gained. I got a woman up, and I got a man up, and we got a son coming on the way, and this is what we're going to do to take care of it. And when that happens, I'm so proud of both of those kids because they really did the right thing, and it was a, it's a, I, I can't imagine, I've never had to deal with it. And if you haven't dealt with it, how do you really understand? Yeah, I think that's, I mean, that's the through. point. And I don't think that the public or the government should really have much of a say in it. Anyway, I mean, it's too hard to put yourself into a situation that, like think about people that are, you know, I, I get the whole peaceful protest thing, and, and, and that's that's good. I mean, that's the way to do it. But to judge someone like a girl that's walking into one of these clinics that's about to go make the hardest decision and action in her life, uh, potentially, it's not fair to judge them or to to try to tell them what they should be doing. I mean, it's, well, and I, uh, I, it's not your conscience or your soul or however you want to look at it and you have no idea why that person's walking into that place you really don't exactly and it's you know and i think that that's part of the issue that women have you've got how many men in congress versus how many women that are making these decisions for them and this argument i've always thought was just the largest fallacy in the world uh, because until a woman gets pregnant on her own, then uh, then I'll, I'll easily abdicate my right as a person who's going through this right now mm-hmm. and is going to have a kid on Thursday uh, with a girl who I like very much, but we're not dating, we're not doing anything. Uh, it's she, she didn't get pregnant on her own. You know, so I'm like, I have no you, say at all. So, but you, but, but I, you should have, and would, that that's what, a. What I would also but say. But what do you always say though? You can't put your personal, your personal. I, I agree. So situations would, into an argument. What I was going to say was, at some point, I believe that there is a uh, a two sided point here. I do not think that the argument that guys have no say at all just because we're guys and we're, we don't have to carry that baby to term and do all that stuff doesn't mean we're deprived of an opinion the argument about abortion has always been one argument is it life or is it not life that's it we have all kinds of judgments on other things when it comes to life murder anything else we're more than happy to pass laws against murder and blah 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 blah, blah. most pro-lifers strongly believe it is a 
It is an absolute life. And that's where the but question comes in. But so you have is to it, look at science, though, because... But then you say at the point of viability. But the, but the whole thing with, is it life at conception, there's no brain, there's no heart. Great. If somebody were to be in a car wreck and they were brain dead, they're considered dead. So how can you consider it a life at conception when there's no brain? I'm not arguing that. What I am arguing is that's, that's, that there, there is a point of viability well, where that kid can absolutely survive. Uh, and really, what at that point, what you're just arguing is a matter of science. As science gets better, as medical well, technology improves, the, the point of viability keeps shrinking. So, you know, so it's, yeah. it's shorter and shorter and shorter because they can uh, keep babies alive that are born earlier and earlier and earlier. And but so they, they can't, they still, go. in this day and age, cannot keep a baby alive if they're younger than 24 weeks in the womb. I, I understand. Because there's no lung function. I, I'm with you. What, so I, it's, what, I am I arguing, guess, what I'm arguing is that... That's just a that's a scientific advancement. Yeah, so it's not a it's not a moral advancement. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. I think most of the people who argue argue on a moral basis of, you know, <laughs> this kid could survive, they could not. Uh, we don't know. You know, in every other case, and this is what I do find fascinating. And I'm I'm very pro abortion. Like I'm a big fan of abortion. But uh, <laughs> I will throw. I do get the views and opinions uh, given by the panel. <laughs> I do understand the other side that says, I, I do, and listen, I if you feel like you're protected on it, there's no other, there's no other case in this country, no other scenario where we say, eh, not sure if it's a life or not, let's err on the side of just say no. You know, let's just throw caution in the wind and say it's not a life. We don't do that. In every other case, we default to massive uh, protection of a life that we think is in any way has some remote chance of staying alive. You know, yeah. always. This is the single incident where we don't do it. And so I, I do get the argument on the other side. Now, just for my own personal selfishness, thank God, you know, that that's not the law of the land on abortion, but, you know, I do find it hypocritical and in terms of, in terms of a law that this is the one area where we just throw caution to the wind and say, screw it. I just think that's a weird thing. But I don't think you'll ever really get. There's always going to be the one side and the other side on the abortion issue. Which that that, can, is that why, will never ever ever change. Well, to me, that's why it should be legal. Because there's people that are for it and people that are against it. And if people that are against it don't want to do it, they don't have to. But you're basically telling people that are for it that they can never do it. Yeah, so I, it, to I think me, it's, trying to it's settle, not. Trying to settle on the now, argument. Now I will tell you. I don't, I don't see a problem with making the, if you know who the father is, making them sign off that you're, they're okay with you getting an abortion. I don't see why that can't happen. But then that father, no, better, no, no, no. It's, it's then the that father better support. It's the opposite that worries me more than anything. Because like when, there's, when you want them to have an abortion and they say no... You're stuck. You know, you're, I mean, you're on the hook at that point. Right. Okay. And you can't get it. I think that... So uh, you, can't, you can't get out of it. We've kind of strayed from the executive order conversation and gone into full-on uh, yeah, solving, is solving the abortion so. issue. Which I was actually about to jump in because we've got several more uh, executive orders to get through. So, Ben? Oh, I mean, I, I, would, like, I would just love to jump right into Steve Bannon 
Uh, please, <laughs> please. <laughs> that that is on the list. Oh and, my uh, God. So, uh, do you want to uh, expand? Well, before that. before. Okay, so let me read it again. Uh, organization of uh, the National Security uh, Council and uh, the Homeland Security Council elevating uh, uh, Trump's chief strategist, Steve Bannon, uh, to full membership of the National Security Council and downgrades the roles of the director of national intelligence and the chairman of the Joint Chiefs um, to, uh, and let me read this correctly, uh, they shall attend where issues pertaining to their responsibilities and expertise are to be discussed. Uh, that uh, disturbed me. Uh, do you want to say why it disturbed you? <laughs> I can't think of one good reason why Steve Bannon should be put in that position or to strike the qualified individuals of those responsibilities, but let's just talk about Steve Bannon uh, <laughs> himself. Yes. Um, who was the <clears throat> who overtook uh, Breitbart and uh, um, I think what else is on his resume? He was in the Navy yeah. for seven years. Mm-hmm. He didn't attend Naval Com- or uh, Academy or anything like that. He was just in the Navy. Just in the Navy, right? Um, so his resume is uh, shockingly sparse. And then we can get into a little more of his past. Where I was watching a video earlier. No, last night, um, where he was essentially calling for the revival of the Christian militant. Uh, so he's 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 cool with religious wars. So there's that. Um, he's he's uh, does seem like an intelligent individual, but there's a lot of intelligent individuals out there that I think um, are crazy. Are crazy, <laughs> and I. I'm gonna say it. Yeah, I think he's crazy. I don't. Yeah, I, I don't think it's a great idea to have him in that position. I, and not not only is it not a great idea, it's 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 a bad idea. Then the then the president though. Whether we can look at any president, I believe, and we can look at some of the advisors of the president has been around him, or her eventually, and say, who is this person? And why the hell are they there? But as president, you have the right to pit people around you that you think they gave you good advice, and that's their right. They have some right. Congress actually in, in has some ways. the right to advise against it as well. So we don't always. We're not going to ever agree with any president of who they pit around. I, I my issue. My issue with uh, with Bannon. I have several issues with Bannon, but, uh, <laughs> but my biggest issue with Bannon is uh, he, he's gone through uh, or attempted to go through the confirmation process uh, for other positions before, and the reason uh, that they didn't let him through then uh, is because he's a raving racist. Mm-hmm. And uh, now, I, unapologetically a raving <laughs> racist, and so, my my issue with that in particular is, yes, I think it is uh, every president's right to nominate whomever they want for whatever position they want to nominate them for. But 
It isn't always do, the best decision. Yeah, I, I mean, from time to time, these are horrific decisions, and I haven't seen uh, a president in modern history uh, making some of the just asinine decisions for uh, for for cabinet positions that I've seen this president making, and it's and it's not because okay, so. There's been other presidents who've nominated whomever for whatever position, and and I didn't particularly like the guy. I didn't uh, like their politics, or but you weren't going to lose sleep over yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. I don't know, Cheney, Lord yeah. Cheney. Uh, well, he well, was, he was exceptionally qualified for that role. Well, uh, exceptionally qualified. Now the the, the problem is, uh, I didn't like Lord Cheney. I didn't like Cheney. <laughs> At all, Lord Cheney. Like He's called Lord Cheney. Lord yeah. Cheney. <laughs> yeah, I didn't like him at all. Oh, that's funny. But he was, uh, he was put in place to run Bushy. Oh, he was. But that was why he was there. He was a big goose. But I will say he this: controller. Um, there was only maybe one person uh, under Bush, uh, the guy who was running uh, FEMA. That I just was like, what yeah. the f- oh, yeah, what yeah, the yeah. fuck is this? Like, That's this guy cool. is the most unqualified dude I've ever seen. Yeah, and didn't that happen? Brown? Somebody yeah, brown. yeah, yeah, Brown. Yeah, yeah. wasn't yeah. that right before Katrina? Too? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, he was head of FEMA when Katrina. Happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And, and then people <laughs> misunderstand how FEMA works. Yeah. So yeah, we got a bunch of from Applehawk trailers out there now, though. Yeah. You know, you can go away yeah. with them. It's great. What, <laughs> what Mike Brown? What has to happen is the state has to request FEMA intervention. They did. They, they did not. And so that was... They did late. They very did. late. Yeah. And that's one of the biggest problems, and this is a protection that has been in place forever, so that the federal government doesn't run ramshot over states' rights, and they did not request FEMA intervention. So were they too busy, like, trying to survive? <laughs> Nobody thought I mean, it was No, the governor, the governor should have requested FEMA intervention. Absolutely. And uh, and uh, was it the female? The, the, the mayor, or was it was it gentle? Was it gentle? Okay. No, it was gentle. That, that, that was a multiple. And gentle just didn't request it at, 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 until like started, two started weeks later. It was yeah, ridiculous. Went to went to Brown. That was a multiple yeah. failure. Yeah, yeah, it was because a they should have had the buses hauling people out of there yeah. instead. They let the buses get flooded. Yeah, but my, this, this, yeah. That, it was a multiple failure on every stage. Yeah, which is just but, stunning but, because I lived in New Orleans a long time. Yeah, and, and you knew everybody knew. That if the major hurricane hit the place, this was going to flood. I mean, we get big thunderstorms. I yeah. watched a Cadillac float down the street one day <laughs> from my apartment. You know, we were yeah. up there partying our asses off, and there goes this Cadillac floating down the freaking street. Yeah. Slight, very slight hill there, yeah, but it yeah. was going down the street. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you're kind of going, you guys couldn't have figured this out a little bit better ahead of time, really? You well, didn't have that much of a plan? Every president since Carter denied funding to rebuild the levees and, and enforce them and make them stronger. Yeah. Like that was been denied for 30 years prior to that happening, uh, which was completely wrong in hindsight, and that falls on both parties. Yeah. So that is incredibly wrong. And the fact that, again, understanding the rules of the country, they have to, by law, request... FEMA intervention. 
That's the way that it works. Yeah. It's and why you always see the governors yeah. requesting federal aid. Yeah. Then FEMA steps in. If you yeah. don't make the request, yeah. they cannot do anything yeah. by federal law. Yeah. Now, we're now, a little off track. Yeah, yeah I just going to say, it's, it's, but, you it's know, a, like say, point. You know, I can. We can point. definitely do a, a full podcast on Katrina and all of the uh, ass fuckery uh, there in. Hey, what's going on, podcasters? Let's acknowledge the good friends of the Law Party Podcast. The Majestic Restaurant and Pendergast Club, carrying on Kansas City's tradition of great food and great jazz, 931 Broadway in Kansas City, Missouri. The J. Rieger Kansas City Distillery. Whiskey, gin, vodka. That is oh so good. And friend of the podcast and panelist, Lane Bolin. Managing to keep the podcast going. Apparently, wealthy or not. Now onto our regularly scheduled program. Uh, but uh, particularly right now, we're talking about uh, Bannon. And like I said, my issue with Bannon is he's an unapologetic, raving racist that has been uh, uh, been turned down for a posting before for that reason. Yeah. So, well, yes, it is what, what Trump's... Was his, what was, what is his unpod- now, I, I don't know that much about Bannon. I'll be the first one to... Yeah, no, he's 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 on tape saying ridiculous stuff. Just like like He'll like, are you sure you you don't have a, a robe and a hood on? On <laughs> he has because, very obvious ties to uh, white nationalists and people yeah. who want to propagate uh, Western European culture over other cultures, um, and it's pretty blatantly like, okay. cultural. And he and and, and so. Motivated. Knowing that that's who he is, um, to now put him in charge of something that sweeping. Yeah, it's kind of like, um, they're like, here, Ben, take education. Yeah, no, no, no. I mean, he's this is na- the National Security and Homeland Security Councils. Yeah. This is so he demoted so, uh, real experts and four star generals uh, and put him over them. Yes, you know, For which seven years in the Navy. Yeah, exactly. So you're going to take seasoned generals and then say, no, 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 you're not in charge. I'm going to put my homeboy bureaucrat, who's a raving racist, in charge of you. And we'll call you in if we if like if it. if what we're talking about pertains to you, then we'll call you in the meeting. I'm going like, to that's, guess that, that's a slap in the face in a special way. I'm going to guess this is one that's not going to stick. Yeah, I, well, once again, well, are, are, we'll you're talking about having the um, um, security people in their daily briefings or whatever? No, no, no. We're saying that, that uh, one of the executive orders that uh, Trump signed was to put his, uh, his uh, chief strategist mm. in charge of uh, those two councils and demote... Uh, the director of national intelligence and the chairman of the joint chiefs to work under him. Mm-hmm. Like you're un- you're one unqualified for the position that he's appointing you to, and two, you're demoting highly qualified people to work under this super unqualified dude just just on qualifications. Then you have <coughs> the layer of he's a raving racist who's been not only caught saying crazy racist stuff, yeah. but in pictures, extra chum chummy 
with white nationalists. Yeah. So, and I'm like, and, and, and these the are the people that you're choosing, which, which gets back to zone. who are you yeah. surrounding yourself with, which also gets to the, you know, why people are so up in arms. It, it, it's not just Trump. It's Trump and who you're surrounding yourself with. Which is really, to me, a reflection of who you are. Well, yeah. I mean, look, I heard the best quote years ago. Uh, actually, uh, it was a quote from, uh, of all people, Will Smith. He said, um, look at your five best friends. See them? Picture them in your mind. That's you. And if it's not you, you need to get new fucking friends quick. Because... I'm pretty sure he didn't say new fucking friends quick. No, I added the fucking friends quick. But... If your best friends are Tom Cruise and David Beckham, you got another issue. (laughs) Oh, you you, you got different. (laughs) You know. You are the average. Exactly. Exactly. I've been friends of mine were alcoholics. Yeah. Well, And And I've always told you, if, if, if you quit drinking and quit going to the bar... Yeah. Them guys showing up? No. Yeah. No, no they're not no, showing up. No, they're not showing up. You know? And so, well, you know, but who, who are your real friends? You, but you have made strides in your life to better yourself, and your circle of friends is going to naturally change because of it. Absolutely. Um, the problem is, now we're seeing who his friends are. And the problem with who his friends are is they're either wildly incompetent, Completely ass kissing or wild racist, which says to me, you are one of or a combination of incompetent and racist. Yeah, you're one or incompetent. You're you're either uh, somebody who ass kisses their way up. You're incompetent or racist or a combination of all three because these are the people you're surrounding yourself with. And that's that's what I think people are really afraid of. I mean, when you look at DeVos to head education, she 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 knows nothing about the public school system. She's never been in it. She doesn't have any of her children in it. Uh, And really, the only reason why she was appointed in the first place is because her family has uh, given upwards of $200 million to the Republican Party. And this is kind of a, hey, good, good. And I'm not saying that it's not. But his platform, one of his platform uh, speeches was about how he wasn't going to do that. And he was going to get rid of it. Yeah, he was going to do nothing but yeah, the entire drain the swamp. Yeah, but and now, but now you're doing it worse than anything ever. Well, and 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 this really wasn't meant to be a a a, 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 a bash Trump conversation. I really did want to examine the executive well, orders. Well, but go ahead. One of my questions is going to be: Is that you know he's, he's a week and half, two weeks into this. What if in two years a lot of these people he's appointed, excluding Bannon, have, you know, are doing well in their appointed positions? I, think, I mean, I'm I, not saying it's I, not possible. I, 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 think, I think you have to turn around and say, <coughs> these people have been successful in many ways, a lot of these appointments and cabinet appointments he's put in place, but they haven't done it in the bureaucratic sense. Well, I'm not saying that it's not possible, but okay, let's say with uh, what what uh, what cabinet position is he putting up Rick Perry for? 
Oh god. For, uh, for energy what? secretary. Yes. Yes. Yeah, okay. For perfect for example. example. Energy secretary. The last two appointees to run uh, to uh, run Department of Energy were like like um, MIT. Yeah, like uh, MIT uh, sciences scientists, Nobel phys- laureates, physicists, yeah. physicists in their fields. Down to Rick Perry? Who can like, even but, remember the name of the, uh, of the department? Of the department. Who, who has no energy <laughs> but, background. But this, this is, this and is the whole mandate that Obama got was from the common peoples that they didn't want the intellectual academics working government. So well, he's, he's only that. doing what he I, said he I, would do. I, in that. I would I'm not. I'm not saying that. I'm not right saying that. Wrong, I'm not saying that he's saying. that he's not doing what he feels his mandate is. Um, but I'm sure there are other people that are more qualified. I will well, throw up the I, you know, motives, but we've already been down this path in all of our lifetimes. If you uh, want to remember, Carter came in yeah. and chose nobody who was an insider. And it ended up being one of the worst presidencies in the history of the United States. Mm-hmm. Uh, at some point, you need qualified people who understand government, who knows how it works, who can uh, foster compromise, who can get bills through, make things happen. Uh, and for the exact same reasons I think Carter failed, I think Trump was about to fail he, miserably. He may. Just, just being an outsider doesn't make you good at government. Government is its own art form. You know, and you need to have people who are experiencing government in there. They're not all morons. Most of them are there for a good reason, you know, and want to try to actually help and do things. I'll give myself an example of this thing. I was asked to be on the education committee for Johnson County contract licensing, a very small thing. You know, it's just a small point. And I get in there. I don't know nothing about this type of government committee. I don't know how to think about it. I don't understand how the wheels move slowly and analytically in a, in, in a government type situation and how they stop and look at things and, 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 and evaluate it from a lot of different points of view. For me, I'm standing sitting there going, I got the information, let's do it. Well, it doesn't work that way. So I got schooled. And I got better and better at it. I got good enough that they decided they wanted to appoint me to, which is the county commissioners have to appoint me to the board. Now I'm on the board. I understand quite well how the process works now. I'm able to work the system, but I had to go and learn as an outsider the bureaucratic system of how the wheels turn and how well, you and, present and I, and I don't, and how you talk. Yeah, and, and I don't disagree that that is... It's a very, very small micronism. Well, but, but I don't, I don't disagree that that's, I don't disagree that that's possible. Um, yeah, I think the problem is. So you take the entire cabinet, and you get rid of any tenure. Who's teaching? You know, like there's got to be somebody who understands this process in the cabinet. And right now, what we're seeing is that. Every single person that he's appointing has no idea how this process goes. And and I think it's going to be just like what the Tea Party figured out uh, uh, kind of quickly and, and violently is that government does not work like that. You know, mm-hmm. I know that you 
like everybody who comes into government is idealistic and wants to do things and change things and move things forward in, 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 a, in, a, in a progressive way. And I understand that. But if there's, you know, if everybody's a student, <laughs> that's where, like, you know, it, it just like when we were in, in, in grammar school or high school, if the teacher leaves the class, the students just start acting a fool. <laughs> they start talking. They start throwing shit. They start pinching girls. It's just ridiculous stuff starts happening because nobody's in control. So the, so the president doesn't know anything because he's never been in government. His cabinet doesn't know anything because either they've never been in government or nothing on this scale. So who's the teacher? You know, that's the problem. But, but, but you do, you do have, I think you do have people in government that is the teacher. You know, I, I spent last Wednesday in the state capital of Kansas because they're talking about taxing our labor in Kansas, which because Kansas has a severe budget problem due to the fact that their governor went Tea Party stupid and started cutting too many things. And what Brownback did just plain old doesn't work. Sure. I mean, it's just a reality. Mm-hmm. And then the, maybe the Trump is Trump. Uh, government is in the same type of problem. Well, and then maybe maybe they're going to go a little too stupid. <laughs> but Trump eyeing Brown back for council yes, positions. Right. So, so you look. Yeah. So you have to you have to understand these things. Now they have to find money. So now they're going to go after certain things that they shouldn't be going after. So you know, we went and put a strong force, and I talked to the uh, leader of the House of Representatives, and we went and talked to our senators, and we talked to our representatives, and said understand what the ramifications of this is. This is a bad idea. We already have 65% of your tax bases on materials that are going into our houses. And then today I get an email. Um, we charge about $275 for renewal for our, our Johnson County contractor licensing. Okay, that pays for our program, which is a nationally recognized best program for our seminars to get education to our contractors so you have an educated contractor working in your in your house or working on your new house. And now they're trying to say that, well, that, that has to be limited to $25. You just killed everything. And this is a bill that's going to committee. So here we are. We're active again. We're, we're after these things. Yeah. These are the things that I've learned. Yeah. That there's ways to do it. And now I'm head, I'm head of the uh, uh, Government Affairs Committee for the Home Builders Association of Kansas City now. These, you know, you have to learn how to play the game, and it takes time to learn how to play. I think we're missing a piece, though. I mean, in order to learn, you have to be willing to say, I don't know. Or to say, yes. you know what, maybe I am wrong. Let's let's talk this through. You have to be willing to do that. And there has not been one point that Trump has shown that he's willing to do Trump can't do that. Honestly, he can't. That was, well, and, was but that, and, and that so in itself, I think, is going to have to be beat into him. I think and that, he's going to have to have failure to learn for foresee that quality. He's now the president and, of the United States. Well, I mean, I, it would honestly have to, to be his. fire somebody that doesn't agree with him. No, I, I don't think a lot of the Republicans will even tolerate this. You're seeing McCain and a lot of other Republican senators saying, Dude, if you even try to relax the sanctions on Russia, we will codify them Which, into law. That makes me want yeah, to like, so I have a quick comment on It's interesting. We haven't heard really much of anything from Pence in a while. Like, it's kind of like, I wonder what this guy's doing. Well, you really I feel like he's just kind of sitting in the back. Paul waiting. Ryan, or, I mean, 
Well, right, right. But I, I, well, I nobody mean, likes I think that if if Trump gets caught in some sort of impeachment and everything, he's just waiting so he doesn't get caught in it. So he can, I mean, right? He's next up. I mean, he is next up. Honestly, I think he's counting on Pence to handle negotiations with Congress because he's dealing with experience in Congress in that cabinet right now, and he's trying to make that work. And I think Pence will be behind the scenes doing the negotiations and things like that and trying to find the way to make these idiotic statements in the law or at least find a compromise form. I think the vast majority of these things are literally never going to see the light of day. And beyond that, they're just going to be overturned. So, uh, and, and they'll, they'll never hold up. And the thing is just saying, see, I told you I did everything I said I was going to do, and that's all. So, yeah. all right. So let's, let's move forward I got, to... I got, uh, I got one more that this is an executive order that Trump signed that nobody knows about. Okay. Okay. I got this in one of the little emails I get. Driving slowly in the left lane and blocking other people from passing is a crime punishable by death. <laughs> Sad. Sad. <laughs> Sad. Good. That's what I can Now, say. nobody knew about that one. So, you know. <laughs> Does that include not using your blinkers? Move over and get the hell out of my way because you could die from it now. <laughs> it's, it's a certain, <laughs> serious <laughs> issue, okay? Yeah. So, yeah. All right, so um, we've got uh, one more thing that I want to touch on, and um, we are definitely uh, running a little long, so I don't want to spend too much time on it, but uh, we would be remiss if we did not mention uh, all of the uh, protests at all of the international airports uh, this weekend um, because of uh, one of his executive orders uh, that... As he says uh, to uh, go forward with the extreme vetting process, um, of Muslims only. Uh, well, and that's <laughs> and let's be honest. Yeah, that's the uh, and they and, and oh I think so his dumb. I think his administration has gone out of its way to say that it's not. Yeah, of course they have. But. But you put a list of seven countries and, where we won't take you from, and they all happen to be Muslim countries. Uh, all happen to be Muslim countries. <laughs> well, and then That's saying that he would try to get Christian people through, right? Yeah, could, could exactly. through quicker, right? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Because we don't have any problem with Christians in this country. Yeah, just, just yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, and you know, once again, you know, it's one of those things that I almost understand um, where you feel like you were coming from. Um, but uh, uh, illegal and unconstitutional, <laughs> just to to just put it bluntly. Um, and uh, and I I assume that uh, well, there's actually already been uh, legal action um, staying um, this particular uh, executive order. But you know the chaos that it created in literally just a couple of days. Yeah, you know. Uh, Did you it, see all the photos? It was it was actually really cool to see all the photos of uh, the attorneys that just would gather and show up and pull, just, up, pull just, up chairs. Yeah, sit in the McDonald's and they just, say just, pull up signs saying we're attorney, come talk to us. Yeah, just we're just help you just there. helping people do writs writs of habeas corpus and and uh, it's it's kind of a. Uh, it's, it, it was it was it was kind of it was kind of encouraging to to see uh, if, if man you, helping man in that way. If, if you have a green card and you have a residence card, mm-hmm. you have every right to be here. 
Now, the one thing that they do need to guard against, and it's part of the betting that needs to happen, is that somebody's been here for a long time, and just like the San Bernardino shooters, mm -hmm. and then they go back to Saudi Arabia, came back with the crazy kid, crazy chick, right? And boom, there they go. They got radicalized. Well, the, the one then why isn't Saudi Arabia on the list of countries that we need well, to And I think that's... Why, man? That's, that's, well, that's, that's pretty off. That's politics. <laughs> well, and, well, but that in, in lies the problem. You know, but, it, but, if, but there is... Because, because there's seven countries on that list, and there's at least seven other countries where we have, we have known or caught terrorists... From those countries, so Saudi, Pakistan, well, actually the overwhelming majority of yeah. the ones that have caused problems in the United States have they not said, come from seven countries but, that have been banned. They said 16 of the 18 Truly. terrorists from 9-11 were from the, the countries that are not on the banned list. Mm -hmm. True. 16 of the 18. True. Now, here's, here's the other problem that I found, uh, kind of looking this up. Um, Several of the countries not on the banned list all uh, of them um, have all four of them. have um, uh, Trump has business ties yes. in those or countries. Hotels. Yeah, and that is so. It, it yes, um, the security of America and Americans is uh, is tantamount. I will, I will, I will say that, but. Um, if we're going to do something this dramatic, then uh, and and then let's one call a spade a spade. We are uh, we are uh, holding uh, holding up people from Muslim countries before they can enter, mm -hmm. um, and then let's do all Muslim countries if that's what the case is. You know, yeah, but, but but to that's, that's but to kind of randomly pick. Did you um? Did you guys talk about? Not that I not that I think that's yeah, right either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That sure, Iran sure. is um, filing for reciprocity because of this ban. Oh, to yeah, to ban Americans, yeah, from from, well, from coming on their soil. And then there's the argument that a lot of people I had this discussion with um, online was that Obama did the same thing in 2011. And uh, I've gone, That's mostly we, false. we've gone through the entire list of reasons why it's, you know, not even close. Yeah, it's yeah, I mean, he. Do you follow Politifact? Uh, I mean, go from ahead. time to time, I come across him. Yes. Yeah, they. Uh, I would not want to travel to that. 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 Just just yeah, just throwing yeah. that out. Yeah, they're not the only ones who. No, it was on. Um, it's, it's it was on Good ones. Morning America this morning. They were talking. No. Oh, good, good, good. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. There's something interesting about Mr. Carter. Of course, you know we've already talked about some of his failures. Now I'm, I'm older, so I remember this very well. And my wife's cousin Craig was actually a pilot that was on a mission to go rescue the hostages when the helicopters crashed in the desert because they weren't prepared correctly. They also, according to what Craig said, they had everybody every. Uh, RB, the Navy, and everybody had Air Force, everybody had to be involved with it. Mm -hmm. When it should have just been one group to go in there and get it done. So everybody had to add their finger. But during the hostage crisis, Jimmy Carter banned Iranians and Shiite Muslims from entering the U.S. Had the FBI reevaluate those with their own borders and then deported Shiite and Iranian students. 
Now, when I was in college for the short period of time I was, a lot of them students, the Iranians were not, they were difficult to deal with, all right, in our schools. And they were difficult with our women. And the women stayed away from them for the most part. You know, this, this has happened before. You know, it, it, but I guess what I'm saying is it doesn't make it right yeah. any either time. You know, I yeah. don't think Carter was right. Yeah, we but, can't. but do we? But but once again, the the governor of Virginia was it McCollum, McCollig or something like that stated that it's a right. I have a problem with this. It's a right for anybody to come into our country. No, it's not a right. It's a privilege to come to America. Well, it I is think, not a I, right, I, I, and I that's think, and that's what I've heard a lot of today. Is that and then listen to MSNBC? I listen to a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. That there's people out there saying that's a right for these people to come here. No, it's not. Now I do agree that it's a privilege and not necessarily a right. But here's but, but that's saying the wrong thing, real. No, I I understand what these, you're saying. These guys, these guys are saying the wrong thing. A lot of the protesters are saying the wrong thing. Their their hearts in the right place, but they aren't going about it in the right direction of really saying what it truly is. And, 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 I, and they have detained people, and they've let people on in. And, and I think they overreached. Yeah, I mean, it was a massive overreach. But, 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 then they, but then they step back, and this is Trump. Trump's going to throw the bomb and let the bomb blow up. And once it blows up, and he sees, well, well there's too much stuff going on here. i got too many mass casualties. I need to pull this back. And they've done this time and time again with their executive orders. Well, and which I guess there, there's some good to come out of them, is I, what I'm trying I, to I, say. But it's, and it's and how I, they go about them that really that, irritates and that, you. And that's the that's the problem. That, that's it's, what's freaking not, everybody out. It's not the fact that you want to you want to vet anybody coming into the country because yes, yeah, it is a it is a privilege to. Um, come here, live here, be they here, become an American. They didn't what? explain what they were trying to do. They didn't. It was like he signed the order and mass chaos happened. Yeah. Yeah. There was no, we're going to be signing this order. This is what you should expect. Blah, blah, well, blah. This, this, but there's an explanation behind this too. Poor and, and, and when you think about it, it makes a little bit of sense. And I'm not totally sensible with it. Is that I'm not going to let anybody know what I'm doing. Because we may have a surge of people trying to come in there real quick. I'm not going to let them know two but weeks, no two real weeks ahead of time. To get in the country they're they're, anyway. they're going to do it, and boom, it's there. <laughs> yeah, I just yeah. There's, there's no, but right. there is no real quick to getting into the country. Not to mention there is a very solid mm-hmm. vetting process. I've passed That's in and out of this say, country many times. But you but are you're also an American yes, citizen. Yes, but I also <laughs> didn't get in. I didn't walk right in any time. Yeah. Okay. But in I'm, fact, on the Canadian border, I got detained for over an hour. But <laughs> I, you're just proving the point. <laughs> yes, yeah, my, my point. That yes, that's my point. So with though. this executive order, not disagreeing. Are, so yeah. Yeah. So these countries who have green cards and residencies and all that stuff, and they're being held and not being able to go to their homes for ninety so, days. So, so, so no, no, no. That's not. That's not. That's what they tried to do. But that, that, it's that's not. It's not. It's not that. happening in that aspect. Well, good, these yeah. people are getting yeah, processed. They, they, um, and they're and they're and they're letting them. Most of them are getting left let on in. I will. And, I will say really this. only hundreds of them. There's only hundreds started. of them right now that are in this process. I will. I I I say this and uh, and 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 like I say because we're a little over time, so I want to make sure that 
I, I get this point in before we go to something on a lighter note. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, give me your huddled, tired masses. You know, yearning to breathe free. That is engraved on the Statue of Liberty. Mm-hmm. Do we mean that? You know, and I don't even want an answer to that question. This is just something I'm posing. I want everybody out there in podcast land to think about it. Uh, do we mean that, or do we mean <coughs> um, as long as everything is good, then give me those people? You know, but if it gets a little difficult, then I don't. I don't, I don't want those tight huddle masses. I don't want that. You know, and. And I'm going to say, because that was the founding of our nation, was on that principle. That um, are, are we still America? And are we li- wanting to live up to those values? So like I say, I actually don't want to answer that question, but I want to pose it because... Um, I think that's the ultimate question um, to to be wrestled with for all of us. Um, but on a lighter note, um, before I wrap things up, um, uh, Serena Williams uh, wins her 23rd uh, Grand Slam title, uh, defeating... How cool is that? I know, I was thinking 20, Bravo. 23rd Grand Slam title. Against her sister. Yeah, right? yeah. Like 14 against her years. Sister. Yeah, 14 yeah. years. This Australian yeah. Open, we solidified. That is way two, cool. Two yeah. goats. Yeah. Greatest yes. of all time. Serena Williams. Mm-hmm. Phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And Roger Federer. And Roger Federer. Taking uh, Rafael Nadal, the classic, <laughs> the classic who, matchup. Who, who had been set. out. Yeah. yeah. For a long time. Yeah. He's 35 yeah. years old yeah. now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. And Federer just turned and the fact that it was Nadal's turn 30 or 20. Exactly. Wow. Yeah, it was just, just like, wow. Yeah, like you say, we, we have cemented uh, two goats for mm-hmm. oh. uh, for tennis. Oh, and, I got to say, old people rule. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and with that note uh, out there in podcast land, I'm going to end this podcast in the way that I end all podcasts, and that is with the toast that started it all for me. And that is to good times with good people.